Ted, once again, Main Street Books in Davidson is offering our listeners uh, 20% off if they use the code Take Note at MainStreetBooksDavidson.com. Did I get that URL right? That's it. Uh, you, if you go to MainStreetBooksDavidson.com, you will discover that you can order whatever book you want. When you do so, you will be supporting an independent bookstore. This week, I just started reading Love in the Time of Cholera after putting it off for about 20 years. So maybe you want to get that book or one of many other books. Use the code Take Note. And thanks so much to Main Street Books. Welcome to Take Note. This is the 130th edition, which means we've got a, our special guest on the show, number one fan, occasional co-host. That occasion is now. We got Ryan here. Hello, Ryan. Hello. And of course, Adam is here as well. Hello, Adam. Hi, Ted, and hi, Ryan. Happy to be here with both of you guys. I feel like I've I poached that whatever my little thing is there from like a '70s game show, like over. And of course, our announcer Randy. Hello, Randy. Hello, Frank. Like that kind of a vibe. Great to be back on the podcast, guys. <laughs> so uh, anyway, let's start the game for five hundred dollars. Uh, no, actually, the the game is uh, is I ask you guys, what do you got? That means, what have you written down in your notebooks? That's how we start pretty much every episode. So I'm going to ask you, Ryan, what do you got? Dear man in the stall next to me at work. Ugh. I know, <laughs> I know. It's a grim start. I have to admit <laughs> to you, I looked down and saw your foot. It's not that I was looking under the partition. It just had kind of a wide stance going. Ooh. It was unintentional the first time and unsettling, I don't mind saying. The second time was very much intentional. Felt weird, admittedly, but I had to confirm what I had seen. I wish I could ask you where your shoes are. Your socked feet raise so many questions. Oh. There is some version of me that would ask them. Another version that would wait somewhere to see who you are. Me, I'm leaving. Curious and disgusted. No offense. Adam. This is, this is a co-worker. Yeah, yeah. Man no, at work, in the bathroom, the in a stall, no shoes on. And a wide stance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To to say nothing of the wide stance. Somebody wanted to party. <laughs> Is that, that, I it's like the only figured. explanation. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't come up with one to save my life. I thought about it a lot for the rest of the afternoon. Maybe he's a time traveler, but he has to, <laughs> but he has to be naked to travel through time. Well, socks. Oh, socks. Yeah. yeah. Is he he can't, like, count he's, he can't wear shoes to travel through time. He, he traveled <laughs> back from a time when shoes had not yet been invented. Yeah, socks had been invented, but not shoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Frank, I've uh, got this amazing time machine. There's just one, there's one catch that you're going to have to get used to. Hmm, no shoes in the bathroom. And That's make, true. just, for God's sake, Frank, make sure you go before you leave, okay? <laughs> it's going to be a long trip. Wow. Yep. Adam, what do you got? I don't know if you guys are familiar with the humble brag, but uh, a humble brag was a thing that people used to enjoy identifying when someone would um, complain about something as a way of shoehorning a brag in. But I think more recently, a humble brag is a thing that people like to, um, they like to note when it has been misidentified. Humble brag is often misused. So um, this week, Ada of Main Street Books sent an article to Ted and I about Sally Rooney and that included this sentence. This summer, advanced copies of Beautiful World, Where Are You? have graced the Twitter feeds and Instagram stories of the literary internet, humble brags that the readers had gotten their hands on the book ahead of its September 7th release. That's, that's not a humble brag, because there's, not, there's nothing <laughs> humble about it. That's just a brag. That's yeah. just How, bragging. bragging. However, I have for you, because, because I always can find a complaint, I have for you a real humble brag. Um... And here it is. I wrote it in my notebook. Uh, my boys are selling Mardi Gras beads to raise money for Hurricane Ida relief, but they have been upstaged on our block by a couple walking their bird. A cage atop <laughs> a, a flat, old-school baby carriage, a bassinet-style baby carriage, uh, walked past the kids and their bead-selling stand. They parked their bird a block north, and they have drawn quite a crowd. That is a humble brag. Indeed it is. Did the bird buy any beads? The bird bought no beads. Oh. No. Well, that's a, that's a, a humble brag I'll, I'll entertain any day because it was awesome to see your kids out there doing it, and I hear it was a pretty successful venture. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to say. I wouldn't want to brag. Ryan, what do you got? <laughs> Uh, I have a vanity plate written in my Field Notes Trailhead edition. Uh, black Porsche Cayenne. Dr. Period. H. U. H. Unsure if that is the doctor's name. <laughs> if there's a medical joke in there, I'm missing, or if he's just not a very smart doctor. Huh? Maybe a aging he, doctor, huh? <laughs> Maybe a neurologist specializing in amnesia. <laughs> that, I mean, that's what I'm. I'm assuming there's something there that I don't know. Were they able to acquire a a decimal a, a yes. period in their actual vanity plate? They were. That's impressive. Yeah, not common. You probably really have to be a doctor to get DR period in the license plate. Yeah. Doctor, huh? I like it. That's a humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like I'm driving around my Porsche. I am a doctor, but I mean, I don't know everything. <laughs> Somebody once told me that uh, if you see someone with uh, that Porsche Cayenne, you should ask them... Uh, 
why they bought the cheapest Porsche, because it would be the most painful question to be asked. <laughs> uh, what do you got, Adam? All right. Uh, so uh, the other day, my six-year-old Wiley asked my wife, Mom, what are the okay bad words? And so that mm-hmm. is how, uh, well, that is why Wiley is now going around the house saying, oh, fiddlesticks, if any opportunity. <laughs> it's, another, it's another parenting moment where uh, the paradox is so strong that it wouldn't have been surprising if the world had just folded up and on itself like a, <laughs> like an accordion, uh, if there was an, actually an answer to basically what are the good bad words right he, he actually did try to express that he just wanted to know if there was something he could say when like he wanted to express his frustration so he didn't say it like that he said it in an adorable way but and then it all boiled down to what are the okay bad words yeah he said he said it in a way that uh turn your brain into pudding that's right he, he meant well yep what do you got ryan uh so i've been watching frequently lately uh this show that is not new called alone where they drop a bunch of people off in the wilderness by themselves and uh whoever survives the longest uh wins half a million dollars um which i find endlessly entertaining and so i had read this yeah, the ones who, who don't win the show did not survive. Uh, yeah. They get nothing because, <laughs> because they're dead. That's, that's correct. Dead or, or, or just a quitter. Um, but I wrote this list of mistakes while made alone in the wilderness. Uh, brought daughter's frozen two sleeping bag. Too small. Left a trail of fish leading to camp to avoid getting lost. (laughs) Used all bug spray in one day after confusing it with sunscreen. Uh, Threw my knife over a cliff playing commando boy. Uh, Ate a found armadillo. Ate poison ivy and poison oak and uh, thought about baby shark and turned it into I'm alone do 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 that was the end of my time on that show uh, found armadillo is a, is a great phrase <laughs> uh, as a side note on that show someone said the phrase after just starving to death for weeks I could eat the ass end of a hobby horse which <laughs> I pardon the vulgarity but uh, I was like what does that mean it's like the broom isn't that like the broom with yep. the horse head on it I would think so yeah that, right. that's just a bunch of it's a bunch of wooden <laughs> straws all that is well yeah, yeah. Mystery solved, but I does does really give fun. your son another another one of the good bad words. I feel. There like. you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, hobby horses. Hobby horses. <laughs> like boy, I don't know what that means, but you need to report directly to the principal's office. It sounds horrible. <laughs> he and I do say something similar 
to that. Uh, with, <laughs> I'll tell him to go sniff a tree sometimes. And then he'll tell <laughs> me to go sniff a tree. Why don't you go sniff a tree? Yeah. Sometimes good words just sound bad, don't they, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Excellent work. Um, I'm, I'm low on... What do you got this week? Because I've I don't know if I I've told you, but I've been reading Proust, and uh, so my notebook is just filled with uh, with quotations and observations, none of which are uh, are in the least bit interesting to anybody oh, beyond myself. So for the next twenty minutes, you don't want to read your favorite Proust quotes. <laughs> oh, it's it's a it's a solid humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can't can't make it to your big party. That's I'm right. reading Proust. <laughs> reading Proust. It's the only thing keeping me from uh, rejoining the, the social world. Uh, uh, speaking of bad news, <laughs> uh, CW Pencils is closing its doors. That. Uh, message just dropped as we were uh, at least i only saw it as we were uh, about to record this podcast how do we feel about this well it, what was it it was about a year ago that they i think switched to a more general um stationary kind of they wanted to be a local um office supply store uh, while offering think, some of the i think or a lot of the more was it that things. long ago no maybe not maybe not um, it's uh, I was like it seems like it just happened, which is why I found it so surprising. I was like, man, they just sort of shifted gears. It felt like a minute ago, and then I got you know I guess that wasn't enough, but uh, it's too bad. It, I mean, it is. Let's be honest, pretty amazing that they are able to make that sort of business work for that long in Manhattan. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yep. impressive I mean, to I, say the least to, to sell pencils for however many years and I think they said yeah, yeah I think they said that it's really pandemic related that it was always kind of a break even kind of mm. business until and then you know until the pandemic in which case it became you know something they couldn't continue so I, I don't know it's, I, it's I, interesting that they wouldn't try to move into some kind of online scenario i mean i think i think i get the sense that caroline weaver is 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 so invested in the experience and the actual kind of storefront and the you know being a part of the community that that um you know maybe a pivot to to just kind of pure sales didn't make sense to her but i mean it's it's hard to imagine they couldn't have kept it going in an online format and still maintained a pretty healthy business you know maybe fewer staff or something but um i I'm, you know maybe they just didn't want to yeah i'm sure take all of the fun here or you know i'm sure there's some measure of just enjoyment and and having the actual store and the experience of of doing that that it's like I find you not really find worth you just having of, the online store to make a few some you know. affordable warehouse space over in Hoboken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ain't much of a view, but you'd be able to move some product in and out of there if you 
I mean, I think you're, you guys are dead on though. I think the, if you're going to have a business that breaks even like that, the reason you're going to do it is for the joy of the interaction with the customer. Uh, I was there only once and I was treated to a like sincere, thoughtful pencil conversation from Caroline. Just, she noticed the pencil that I had behind my ear um, and recommended without me, you know, moving it and recommended other similar pencils. And, you know, it's just a very, uh, it's not often that you get a sincere retail conversation, I think. Um, and so I'm sure that that's, you know, that's the joy of it. And so doing it online, you know, and maybe it will come back online in some, in some format, who knows. Well, um, Field Notes sent out a new email with a little teaser the impending fall edition hot on the heels of uh, of the trailhead dish I, I mean it never ceases to amaze me how fast and furious these <laughs> things come out and uh, I, speaking of fast and furious uh, one of the the hint that they claim is not a hint uh, is a is a some sort of a combine uh, well, what, I guess what they call a late afternoon photo of a tractor kicking up some dust. Seems like more than just a tractor. Let's not sell this thing short. That thing's uh, chopping and screwing and throwing some things in the back of something there. Um, boy, something agricultural related? Holy. I can't get excited about a picture of a tractor. Sorry, guys. Okay, well, but the, I think it's not the picture of the tractor. It is the fact that it's a late afternoon photo. And elsewhere in the email copy, they say, we're going to drop our 52nd quarterly release for fall. And let's, let's just say it's about time. So. It's about time. It's about time. Maybe, a, maybe an almanac? Farmer's almanac of some sort? Maybe. Be... Don't those things have like times of year and and sunsets and sunrises and when to when to plant your uh, yep your soybeans and something whatnot? about the harvest yeah maybe you know yeah I wouldn't mind if it was something like the that national crop edition. What do you think, Ryan? My first thought about it was maybe it is daylight saving time related because I think one of their other teasers about it said it was maybe their most fall thing yet and then this was like it's it's about time and you know the common I think misconception but at least it is common though is that that's has something to do with farmers uh, which could explain the photo, but I don't know what that addition would be, um, at all. So I don't know how they would work work with that theme. Well, they you know they did the those beautiful engravings of leaves on one fall edition. Perhaps we'll get some engraved uh, a wheat st a stalk and a uh, I don't know a corn kernel pressed into a cover. Uh, yeah. Well, there's the 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 phrase "fall back" is always one that that comes back into the cycle. Maybe yeah. it'll be a fall the fall back edition. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Pump pumpkin spice. 
scented <laughs> notebooks, perhaps. Let me tell you, you're not missing anything on Facebook because all these guesses these are the same these are the same guesses that the field nuts have the pumpkin spice edition there's nothing you're missing there it all the field nuts live inside your head ted <laughs> well i'm just absolved of the uh the idea that i have to beat someone to the best prediction because i'm i'm not even there yeah just out here floating in just wandering through my own soybean field like uh like Field of Dreams. Did you guys see the Field of Dreams baseball game, by the way, this summer? I meant to ask you about that because I completely missed that it was even happening until it was over and I wished I had seen it. It was like a national holiday in my house. I should have mentioned it to you. <laughs> we uh, well, we talked about I it for weeks ahead of time. It. Well, when we went, we went out to the Field of Dreams in 2019 and had a grand old time and they had they had already begun construction of this uh field it was amazing it was you know if you watch the special it wasn't the field that they played on they kind of built one just a stone's throw away from the uh the actual field which stayed sort of pretty much intact um so we could see cranes and stuff and started to get excited at that point well of course the pandemic delayed the construction but they finally uh pulled it off and and drone shots and and corn you know, home runs were going into the corn, including the game-winning home run from Tim Anderson oh. of the White Sox. Um, Kevin Costner like brushed his hand through the corn and walked out onto the field to open the game and gave a little speech and then did an interview and it was uh, it ticked all the ticked all the boxes for me. Uh, somehow I got my my children to love Field of Dreams. That's just dumb luck. Uh, you know, when they were like five and seven, they started to enjoy it. I don't know how, but uh, they're not. That was a real. They're not winner. bothered by that scene where he's of, walking through the the corn, and there's just that naked guy standing there wearing only socks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different time different travel movie, right? <laughs> So I was I was I was pondering topics that we could cover on the podcast today and and I looked around at my life and I, I realized something I do all the time and I'm always committing energy to it and I thought maybe we could talk about it. It's this idea of prioritization. And I think we talk about it in our jobs a lot, you know, the different paradigms and the models and the how you can do this and how you can do that but to me what i what's interesting to me is the idea of how you prioritize uh how you spend your time kind of your leisure time you know we talk a lot about pursuing creative projects reading reading magazines reading books watching tv watching movies spending time with your family and i i a lot of my brain power goes into you know, it's a Sunday morning. I've got a New York Times subscription Sunday edition sitting there staring at me. I've got uh, a copy of uh, Swan's Way by Marcel Proust. I don't know if I've mentioned that I'm reading that. Um, <laughs> where where do I put my attention? I've got the uh, the Monocle magazine that's been calling my name for two weeks. I've got podcast episodes 
you know, the erasable, the pen addict that are calling my name. So I don't know. It's just this idea of um, of prioritization, and I I wanted to hear your yours guys's thoughts on on such a thing. Does this vex you the way that it vexes me? Maybe we start there. I completely sympathize with this, Ted, because oftentimes I will uh, take my daily walk and I'll listen to the podcast that I feel like listening to and I'll get a coffee and I'll get home and I will immediately be frustrated that even though I have spent the last 40 to 60 minutes doing precisely what I wanted to do, I'll feel like I didn't read a book or I didn't write something. So I, I understand the the frustration and like the, for me it's the conundrum and I realize the conundrum you know that you had you had posed to us like do you read a book or do you read magazines or do you um you know do you read or do you write and I think all I've really come up with and this is coming from somebody who is kind of frustrated by it is there's in my free time if possible there are kind of three things that are worth trying to like access you, you can't get all of them, but it's laughs, um, and serendipity, like some sort of discovery that's unexpected. And then the other thing for me that I, I don't know if this is exactly the right word for it, but it's like directness. Like, uh, I, I want to read something. I don't mind reading things that are dense, but sometimes I need to read or listen to something that's just feels direct, like the shorter sentences, something easier to read, but even in songs, like, uh, I don't know, I associate this with John Prine, but I was thinking about it today because I was listening to music. There was a Graham Parsons song, and I was like, no, 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 this isn't John, like, this is like, I, this isn't what I need right now. I need, like, the directness of John Prine. I think that's a fascinating way to look at the the issue, though. It, it's a way to kind of put words to what what your leisure time should accomplish. You know, laughter, I think the benefits are are huge and they're clear serendipity i love that idea that that really whatever media you're you're spending your time taking in that you the goal is to discover something or to to be presented with something that you didn't expect the directness is interesting to me i think maybe i i understand that one the least are you saying like you have a finite amount of time, so you, if maybe you're feeling rushed, but you still want to sort of unwind, that that's when you look for something direct? I, th- I think, I, I don't know. I mean, that's the one that's the hardest to explain. But I think if I want to achieve something in my leisure time or feel like I've achieved something, I, you know, I don't know, no. if I want to achieve leisure, um, <laughs> it's, you know, getting bogged down in a long book is great, and there's a depth to that. But if I'm like in a funk, uh, I'd maybe much rather read a short story, something simpler, and something shorter. Uh, yeah, I mean, I does I, I can me. relate. I mean, I can relate to the idea of accomplishment. I I get into the, I get into thinking about finishing a book as an accomplishment you know if it's a longer book or you know it could be even be an edition of a magazine but but i in in the free time that i have it's exceedingly rare that i'm going to read a book long enough uh to finish it 
So what I, I mean, one one thing I've started to do recently, I've I've been on a reading tear this year, which is great for me anyway. Um, um, reading, finishing books, and and kind of challenging challenging myself to finish longer books, and then actually doing it. But uh, I've started to take like set a little mini goal for like a reading session, you know, fifteen pages, and if I if I read fifteen pages, it means I've focused for. 20 minutes or 25 minutes instead of two minutes, you know, and I, and I've achieved sort of a mini goal within the longer goal of finishing the book. Of course I have to, you know, that has to play out over weeks. That's bigger than just one, you know, sort of 30 minute window or something. Um, so I think for me, it's a real challenge to focus on the longer project like that, but it's, it, if I if I put boundaries around it, then I can achieve leisure. It, that all that also feels sort of creatively productive. Ryan, where are you at on these topics? Well, so I think what we can all agree on is that just never enough time to do everything that you wish you could. Um, time is a finite resource. As well as being a flat circle. <laughs> exactly. You just got to take um, off your clothes and I, your socks what, and you can do anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's all you can do to, to make it all work. Um, you know, when you think about like what books am I going to read versus magazines and all that, it's, I sometimes will just have just one thing at a time. And that's what I'll read. Recently, I started getting the physical copy of The New Yorker, which has a sense of urgency to it because it's weekly. Oh, yeah. And so that puts a little priority, you know, in a sense. It's like, well, if they stack up on me, then I'm never going to look at any of them. Um, but, like... I, I, I've got two books going at the moment. One is really long and the other is short. And I don't know how to balance that. Sometimes it's like I feel like i got to put in some time on the longer one or it's just going to be there forever. And then sometimes I'm like, well, but I could get halfway through this thing if I just spend a little time on that. And So I struggle with that a little bit. But as long as I'm... You know, not neglecting any of it for too long. I'm okay. I think. Um, I I I can't remember where I read the quote, but uh, somewhere, some luminary noted that reading two books at one time could actually be a really great thing because you're kind of playing two different realities off against one another, and you you notice kind of you get that sort of serendipities. And I have this year of reading embrace the idea of reading two things at one time um as I, I'm kind of a practice to it yeah and i don't know if it's just because of the things that i've chosen to read but like for instance at the moment i'm reading uh obama's latest book which is gargantuan <laughs> and uh and George Saunders, uh, 10th of December, which is a uh, far, you know, they're just vastly different, right? So 
sometimes just what you're in the mood to read, for, you know, for me anyway, before I go to bed, it's like, I'll just pick whatever I'm in the mood for. And it's nice to have options in that sense, just not to get locked into feeling like obligated to do one thing. Right. All the time. When you have that obligation, um, in, in my experience, like then it then it all becomes a drag when you feel like you have to do something. Yeah, I'd like to enjoy yeah. it, you know. And if I find I'm always skipping it to do something else, and maybe it's just not the time to read it, or maybe I'm not that interested in it after all. But, um, you know, as far as, like, what to do, though, it's the bigger thing, is, like, how to really spend that leisure time because it's so scarce, it's, mm -hmm. you know... TV or, or reading or, or creating something uh, in whatever form it's like it uh, that to me sometimes has all to do with what how much energy I have honestly yep why well, I, <laughs> you know? I have extensive conversations with myself in these in these these little windows when you realize you'll have some time uh, even to determine how much energy I have, what mood I'm in, what what is the right antidote for that particular mood? Uh, what is in before me? What are my resources? What books am I reading? What instrument is nearby? What you know? If it's a writing project, what writing project am I in the middle of? And can I? Do I have the brain power to engage with that? I mean, it's it's almost this. You, I, I I'm imagining now, like if I just had this you know, wheel of fortune wheel with like each slot is like what I should do at that time. And I would almost happily just spin that wheel, see where it lands, and then just commit myself <laughs> yeah. to doing that particular thing, knowing that it would, you know, lead to some satisfying progress in whatever it happened to be. And that it's not even as important what it is in particular. I do think changing, you know, to sort of piggyback on that it's like I think changing it and, and maybe not as random as spinning a wheel but but changing your mind about that as often as you see fit can be good too because like you know for the longest time I was writing I was working on those uh, prompt driven stories once a month and have my process and I'm still doing that but you know, I'm on a period right now where I'm kind of on a break from that. I'm finishing up the latest one that I had done, which is a while ago. I kind of shifting to other things for a while, but I enjoyed having sort of the time, you know, the once a month, like urgency to it for, for a while. And that was beneficial because that drives you to do something that maybe you feel like you're not capable of at the time but you find that maybe if you get into it you are yeah and uh and drive yourself to something for a while but then maybe shift gears and do something else for a little bit and you know I, i'm not sure that there i certainly don't have a good system but i do find that as long as i you know balance it and sort of pay attention to you know think about it every once in a while what am i feel what am i missing I think the challenge something I haven't done in a while that I that I should refocus on for a yeah, while. Yeah, the challenge element of that I think is really interesting too. Um, you know, even reading that tough book or or pushing yourself to work on something is is 
really important. The, there was something you, you said to me a few weeks ago, and I don't remember if it was on the show or not, but it, it reminds me, right? Like, you hear about the, the, the answer to this, to this problem is to have, like, a crazy rigid schedule that is only available to, like, a professional creative person, an artist or a writer or something. And that's just not something, like Ryan said, like, um, there's just never enough time. And so there is, like, a solution, but it's just not a solution available to people whose uh, full-time job, I think, is, isn't is doing something creative. And even for those people, it seems like uh, when they're describing their routines, it's really pained. Like, they have this set routine, that's what works for them, and I always feel like there's like an undercurrent where if the routine is interrupted by anyone else in the family, like heads roll. <laughs> well, you know, to me, the reverse sensitivity I have is that, uh, you know, when my family is around, they, they don't feel that great if I've got my head in a book or if I'm, you know, if I'm off, uh, you know, serving some personal kind of creative goal or something. So I, you know, I, I, the really fun moments for me when it's really synergistic is when sometimes they overlap you know like my my son has this drum kit and he you know he can keep a beat and he likes to you know we, we can actually play music together and that you know cause for a long time just picking up a guitar and belting out songs felt like a very selfish activity because I'd have to sort of disengage with the family and make this noise and yada yada but when i can just involve one other person in the family it really changes the dynamic they still get annoyed with the noise but but it's it's become something grand, bigger than just my own desire you know that my own creative outlet and i think that's a i mean it's a, probably another question because you don't want to give up your own individual kind of life of the mind but um but when you can combine the two i have i have found those to be uh quite rewarding that's a good point though because part of the you know part of the shortage of time at, at this stage in our life is is the the balance of wanting to you know do well at work and and spend time with your kids and date your wife and also take care of yourself and there's just it's hard to have time for everything that you're you'd want to do just for yourself so if, if you can overlap any of those categories then that's a bonus when the real you know i think the real key that is is challenging is when you're in family time let's say to be fully in it and you know it's like it's like the folks at field notes say it's really isn't it just about time Oh, well, Ted, let's do this again next week. Ryan, thank you for joining us once again. It's always a pleasure. Uh, Ryan, I don't know if you know this, but you can visit us on our website, which is takenote.space. You always insist That's it doesn't sound a like website. a website, but yeah, it is. It is a website. Um, what else What else does Ted say? Ryan, we will see you when we see you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. <laughs>